Hi, I'm John Morgo, one of the last three guys to a podcast. We've switched our platform to Anchor. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. It's free. They'll help you produce and record your podcast. They'll also help distribute it, get you on Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest. And you can make money from it, even without any listeners. It really is a great deal. So join us. Download the software at anchor.fm and click to get started. And, and be with us, the last three guys do a podcast on Anchor. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening to us. Great Wide World brought together by the Internet. The last three guys do a podcast are back. I'm John Morgo, joined as always by Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. We're going to be speaking with Reinhardt University head coach James Miller, talking about the 2021 spring Eagles season. Yes, it's a spring season. We didn't play fall football, but we are going to play spring football, and it's and it kicks off less than one week from today, next Saturday, February 6th, um, at Point University, which is really at Valley High School, which is uh, at a community field there out in Valley, Alabama. Definitely looking forward to that one. But right now we're going to make the phone call for Coach Miller and get him on so we can uh, talk about the season. Again, Reinhardt is uh, favored to win the Appalachian Division of the Mid-South Conference. And we, now there's Coach Miller's extension. It is dialing right now. And let's see. Hello? Uh, Coach Miller, hi, it's John Morgo. How are you doing today? Great, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Again, um, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do the podcast with me, Daniel and Leon, as we uh, count down to the 2020, well, 2021 spring season for Reinhardt football. And uh, Leon and Daniel are on right now. Leon, Daniels. Awesome. So, uh, Coach. All right. First of all, Coach, it's been a, well, a very weird year. You're playing spring football. I know this is time you're usually putting uh, your spring practice together. Uh, how how's you and the staff been getting prepared for this? Um, it's been going great. We've had uh, 21 practices. Uh, we started uh, January 8th and have been going hard ever since then. Um, I think the kids are getting really excited because it's been a long time since we played. Um, I couldn't even tell you the last time we played. It's been, you know, a real game. It's It's been in 2019, the last time we played a real football game. Yeah, the so, uh, Francis, I believe. Yes. Yes. So it's it's been a long time. The kids are excited, and uh, they've been working really hard. I've been very, very proud of them. Uh, they handed, handled the fall uh, to the best of their ability, and we've we've handled the spring uh, the same way. So uh, I'm really excited about our team. I think I think we got a chance to have a pretty good football team, and uh, just just excited to get after it next Saturday. Well, let's let's just roll through some positions uh, right now. Of course, it all starts at the quarterback, Billy Hall, back. Um, how's he been, how's he been faring for this, for this spring? Been doing good. Um, really seen him grow. Um, he's become a really good leader for us. Uh, you know, going into his senior year, I think it's all kind of coming together for him. I'm really excited to watch him play. You know, this is last go around. 
and uh, I think uh, I think he'll be a weapon for us with his with his uh, feet and his arm, and uh, just excited to to watch him go at it. Uh, and this won't be the last time. He's actually going to take advantage of them giving them a year back, and, and he'll be back next year as well. So uh, really excited to get him for the next two seasons, which will be played in eight months. I know. Kind of weird. It's very weird. So, uh, you know, just uh, just excited to watch him and him continue to grow and mature as a young man, uh, which has been very exciting. He's graduated. Um, he's now in grad school, so he'll get his uh, graduate degree uh, next fall, which will be exciting as well. And, Coach, what's uh – Again, you're still running the wing tee, so you got a lot of running backs, a lot of people coming in and out. Um, Otis Odom, I think, is, is in there as well as a returner. How do the how do the running back situation look? Because that is really where it all starts for the Reinhardt Eagles. Yes, um, it's looking pretty good right now. Um, Otis is going to be a big factor for us. Uh, extremely fast young man. Obviously, you know, mostly everybody knows him in the return game. Uh, he was an All American last or 2019 as a returner, mm-hmm. but uh, but he is uh, he's really this spring and really last fall when we were doing kind of spring practice in the fall has really become a weapon for us on offense, and uh, this is kind of his year to shine. Um, I'm really excited to watch him play. He's been working really hard um, to be the best he can be uh, for us on offense, especially. So uh, excited to see him get out there and, and do everything he can, uh, you know, sh- showcase his talents. And then we, we had the ability to uh, add a guy at his position um, named Dylan Kelly. We added him uh, from a JUCO down in Mississippi, Holmes Community College. Um, he's actually from, I believe, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, he brings a lot of speed to the table. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Otis, but he's not not very far behind. But he's a little bit bigger and thicker than Otis, um, and and he's a really good route runner. Um, can can bring a, bring that element to our offense, uh, having the ability to catch the ball and run really good routes. Um, and then behind him, we have Terry Bergen, who's been in the program a while. Um, I think things are finally starting to slow down for him, and he'll he'll be able to contribute. Then we're on our other slot position, um, we have a, a freshman who's really we actually have two freshmen that have come in, and uh, you know that's the thing about not playing in the fall is it's given our freshmen the ability to learn the offense in the fall, right, and then really compete for a job in the spring. So. One of our freshmen, Terrence Roberts, is going to be our starting slot. He's from Ridgeland High School up in northwest Georgia. Um, he's a big physical kid, uh, reliable guy, um, you know, runs the ball good enough, runs routes good enough. He's kind of like your, your Swiss Army knife. He, does every, he doesn't do anything, I would say, anything extremely great, mm-hmm. but he does everything really well, and he's a great, great young man. And kind of the same thing in in, uh, in Javassier Meadows. Uh, he's a freshman that's going to get some get a lot of playing time for us. Uh, very smart young man, and they're both kind of in the same mold. They don't do one thing just out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. but they do everything really well. They catch the ball well. They run the football well. 
They're smart. They understand the offense pretty quickly. Um, there's going to be some growing pains there, but I think they're both uh, still going to be very capable of force to get the job done. And then you have a veteran guy, Bryce Burgess, right. um, that will provide that veteran leadership and, uh, you know, understands what the games are like and what we're getting ready to get into and, and can provide that leadership to those two young guys. And then at our fullback position, um, it's kind of a senior-laden group. I think we have three seniors back there. Well, you have Isaiah have Blake. One. Isaiah Blake is coming back. Um, actually, our starter is going to be a guy named Devin Collins. Okay. Um, he transferred to us from Mississippi State. He sat out last year, or in 2019. Um, he's about 5'8", probably about... 200 205 pounds uh really quick in the hole has some good moves extremely physical uh extremely strong young man um so i'm excited to see him finally get his opportunity and then we have isaiah who i think is you know isaiah took a year off and then came back to us and uh i think it took him about a year to get his body back in the best condition it's been in and I think he's really back where he was before he left us and uh, excited to see what he can do because he's very explosive. He's really good at some of the new things we're doing offensively and uh, excited to, to get after, to, to watch him get after it on Saturday. And then we have Nick Harris, um, who will be a senior, extremely physical guy. He's about 210 pounds, uh, got a little banged up in fall camp, but he'll be ready to go. Uh, this Saturday. And then we have a transfer from Pikeville University named Willie McLeod, um, a bigger back, about 215 pounds, um, just brings some rough and tough toughness to that group. So our backfield, you know, all our running backs, I feel really good about. Um, they're a really good group, really good kids, um, great attitudes. So, uh, you, know, you know, just just ready to watch them perform. All right, uh, Daniel, do you have a question? Yeah, uh, Coach just gave us some great insight on, her, on his team this year, so that was a good thing. Uh, Coach, always good to talk to you, um, as usual. Um, yes, sir. So, what are, some of, what are some improvements that you've seen, um, maybe from last season, um, during training camp, that will probably put you guys over the hump and make you serious national uh, championship contenders? Um, I, I think from an overall standpoint, this is a very close knit football team, which is kind of awkward to say because we haven't been able to do all the team stuff that we usually do. Um, but it's something that we have tried to focus on this off season. And, and this group is really tight. I think we have some really, really good leaders. Um, you know, to be honest with you, we got some guys that are kind of asshole leaders. Um, just to be com completely frank, uh, and we needed it. Um, you know, two of our best leaders on our team are, are Irve Akatozi, our starting three technique, and then Josh Chastain, who's one of our starting offensive linemen. Um, they're 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 two of our rough and tough, physical get after you. Um, if you don't do something right, they're going to let you know about it and. That's something we've kind of been missing the last couple of years. 
And they've really brought that to our football team and it's kind of galvanized this group. I think we're going to be a, a tough football team. I really do. I don't know if we're as, you know, talented as we were in 17 or 18, but I tell you what, I think we're as close a group as a football team as we've been in a long time. And, and I, I like the makeup of us. I think we're just, we're tough, we're physical care about each other we love about each other i think as long as they keep that up um um, i think i I think you know sky's the limit i think we can make anything happen so you know we're going to take it one game at a time and uh just try to be the best we can uh each and every game and try to get better each and every game uh but i really think the kids are believing in what we're telling them some defense as a head football coach is and we got to continue to do that to be a great football team but i mean i'm i'm blessed to coach these guys are a great group of young men and uh, it's been fun it's been a really fun camp it's been a really fun uh you know fall and spring so excited to keep it going all right, speaking with uh, head coach James Miller, the Reinhardt Eagles. Again, Reinhardt will start their spring 2021, which was would have been their fall 2020 schedule this coming Saturday. Uh, we're at Point University, and the home opener at Ken White Field will be the next weekend in up in Waleska, Georgia. I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. Let's, uh, Leon, you got a question. Yeah, how you doing, Coach? How you doing? Um, I, oh, everything's great. You know, I, I'm... I'm I'm pleased to hear how you know how humble you sound. I'm pretty sure that your you know, that your team is a strong reflection of that. But I believe that a good way to describe the Reinhardt Eagles' relationship with the Appalachian Division is nothing short of a reign of terror that you guys have been inflicting on that division. <laughs> and you know, just I'm, you know, just to keep it frank, just just keep it frank, and. I want to know: Are you guys are you guys going to come back this year? Pretty much, you guys haven't played in um, you guys haven't played in almost two years. I remember about fourteen, fifteen when, months. You know, you got oh, 15, oh yeah, that's it. Seems like two years. Okay, so fourteen, <laughs> fifteen months. The yeah, year and three months. Forever. Yeah, it seems like forever. Yeah. I mean, how anxious are guys? I mean, are, are you are, yeah? Are you guys foaming at the mouth right now? Your team just foaming at the mouth right now. You know, it's been like an extended off season. And then you guys have been hitting the weight room pretty hard. I mean, are you guys are pretty much tired of hitting on one another. I mean, what's the yeah, they're, overall? They're, they're sick of it. They're <laughs> they're sick of hearing me yell at them. They're sick uh, of us hitting on each other. I think we're ready to go play somebody else. Um, I'm uh, to be honest with you, I'm anxious to see where we are. I'm anxious to see what kind of football team I have because you really don't know what kind of team you have till you go play. Somebody. And I'm really anxious to see where we are when we go play somebody because I think we're going to play really hard. I think we're going to play really physical, and uh, and I think they're they're extremely excited to get this thing uh, going. Um, you know, we we've been very good in our conference. We got to keep that going, and uh, how you keep that going is taking care of the football, playing physical. And whoever makes the least amount of mental mistakes, that's usually who wins the games, taking care of the ball and limiting your mental mistakes, especially in 
conditions. Right. So we, we talk about it all the time. We try to take care of the ball and practice as much as possible. Um, but I, I'm just ready for these guys to go unleash it on somebody else. It's been such a long time. They made so many sacrifices uh, as a as an individual, as a team, to make this happen. And I, I just can't wait for them to make one more, uh, you know, one more week of sacrifices so that we can get out there and, and, and hopefully play next Saturday. Um, that's what I'm really praying for and hoping for. Um, but uh, these kids have worked so hard and done so much. And, and it's every, every kid in the whole country that plays football. You know, our mottos pay the price. And all that means is the sacrifices you got to make in order to be a champion. And, and that's what this whole, really this whole year has been about, you know, our kids working out at home over break and videotaping each other and sending it into a group chat, you know, and doing that for freaking four months and then coming back in the fall, think we're going to play season gets canceled. Then we go into weight training. We start and stop because somebody catches COVID. Then we start our spring football in the fall where eight practices in and have to stop because somebody caught it and we had some cases break out. I mean, it's just been one thing after another, which every team in the country is going through. And it's just like I told the kids when we started in this spring, whoever handles COVID the best, that's who's going to be a damn good football team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not going wood, I think our kids have done a really good job about it so far. We have to continue to do that. We have to continue to preach it every single day. You know, I told them they're not normal college students. You know, they can't go to a party. They can't go hang out with whoever they want. Right. They have to they have to look out for each other. They got to be responsible for themselves, but for the football team. And that's the sacrifices that they've had to make, you know, since we got back last fall. So I really just want them to have the ability to go out there and play so they can play the game that they love to play. I can coach the game that I love to coach. Um, and uh, we can get back to some normalcy and uh, and get after it. Coach, um, this is going to be a little different this season because we're kind of being like the NFL in terms of we're going to have a home-and-home home this year with, with several squads. How different is that? So when you go to point, are you going to show them everything or are you going to kind of hold something back for when we get the Skyhawks back in Waleska? No, we're going to go win the game. So whatever we got to do to win, that's what we're going to do. Um, now, when you play them a second time, it's going to be awkward. I've never done that. Um, in coaching, uh, had, I did it once when I was a graduate assistant at Virginia tech, we played Boston college in the regular season yeah. and then we played them in the ACC championship, but that was, oh shoot. I mean, we're going on 12 years ago, right. 13 years ago. So I don't know how much I remember from that, but, uh, you know, it will be, it will be a little different. It will be a little awkward. Um, but you know, to be honest with you, I don't think our kids really care. They just want to play. So whoever we got to play, wherever we got to play, um, they'll, you know, as long as they got, you know, lines 53 and a third wide and, uh, you know, 120 yards long, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll go, we'll go put the ball down and go play. So I, I, if I told them we had to go play on concrete right now, I think they'd probably go play on concrete. 
Well, some of these fields might actually feel like concrete, but hopefully, you know, we can, we can get yeah. we can get through that. Coach, I want to talk a little bit about your about your defense. Um, the person, as I'm your leading tackler from last season, the leading returning tackler is going to be Malik Ransom, and you still got Tion Burroughs coming back to anchor to anchor the line. How does the how does and your uh, the person who led in, in uh, interceptions also is coming also is coming back as well? What, because as I said, because uh, Kellen Neal had three last season. So how does your how, how does the defense stack up? I mean, it seems like you've got some. Your three leading tacklers are gone. However, uh, Ransom was tied for third. Um, what what do we got to look for on that end? Yeah, I'm 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 excited with what I've seen so far in the fall. I think our first group is really really fast. Um, I think they run to the fall ball. I think they're physical. Um, I think we got to develop some depth, which I think we're doing. Um, especially some depth up front. Um, we've been very, very deep the last two years up front, and we graduated a lot of those guys um, right. uh, up front on defense. But I feel good I feel good about the kids we got. I just really think they need some game experience. Uh, they need to go against some really good people. So I'm going to be excited to watch them uh, when we get out there Saturday. Um, we return to, uh, you know, two starting linebackers with Kenneth Lowry and Sebastian Laguerre. Yeah. Laguerre is kind of that Mike linebacker in the middle that can, uh, that can really, uh, you know, get, get everybody lined up in the right place and make plays. And he's just a really, he's like having a coach out there on the field. And then um, we've kind of had a guy that surprised us uh, this spring in Bryce Atchison. He played a lot of special teams for us last year. He's from Augusta, Georgia, um, he's about six foot, probably about 230 pounds, um, plays Mike force as well. Um, he's a very, he's kind of like Laguerre, very, very heady, knows exactly where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so excited to get him to get his real first kind of game action. Uh, Malik will be there as well. And then in our secondary, that's where we're kind of the most seasoned, um, you know, we return both our safeties in Sydney Ham and Kellen Neal, probably two of the taller safeties in all of NAI. You know, Kellen's about six two, six three. Sydney's about six one, six two. And then we return both our um, starting corners in Chakoris uh, Lamar. And actually, I'm, I'm sorry, we have a transfer corner named Malik Brown who's out of Miami. Um, Malik's about six two, one ninety five. And your course is itty bitty, uh, five nine, uh, hundred seventy five pounds. But he's from downtown Atlanta, uh, uh, and uh, he he lets you know about it. He, he makes up for it with his mouth, whatever he lacks in size. So, uh, but he's a great kid. Um, you know, I love having him on our team. He's kind, of, to be honest with you, he's our energy guy on defense. Constantly talking smack, especially when we're going ones versus ones. Constantly uh, up in the receivers' faces, um, you know, and does a really good job about keeping us up, keeping us going. He holds guys accountable. Um, you know, he's just—he's a great kid. He's really matured in the last uh, four years and and became a great leader for us. And so I'm excited about our defense. 
I think I think we have a lot of really good players on that side of the ball. I think we got to just develop some depth in our front seven. Um, but I think we got a chance to to be a special group. Um, and and uh, I, I like where we're at right now. We we I got to we got to go out and play somebody though. So I I really know what we got. And uh, hopefully we get there next Saturday. Yes, uh, you had 35 sacks all of last season, and you only allowed eight. And that's yeah, that's eight's too many. We it is. Cut that down. It is. It is. But you got. But it all again. It all starts. It all starts at your front four, and that sounds like that might. We're gonna have to wait a couple, a little bit to to let those four uh, kind of gel and get and yep. and get and get a groove going. Yeah, I feel the first the first four. I mean, I think are are pretty much the standard we've always had here. It's really the the second unit that I want to see really develop this season. Um, but they got a great coach. I mean, Coach Williams, who's now our defense coordinator, um, does a fantastic job getting those guys uh, mentally prepared for what they're getting, mentally and physically prepared for what they're getting ready to take on. Um, so. I uh, I know he'll have them ready to go ripping and roaring uh, next Saturday. Talking with uh, head coach James Miller from the Reinhardt Eagles here on the last three guys do a podcast. John Morgan with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. Coach, we're getting to the end of end of our time allotted for you today. Uh, I want to turn sure. it over to Daniel and Leon. See if they got any anything further they want anything else they want to ask of, ask of you before we uh, see you on Saturday. Yes, sir. Daniel, Leon. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, we covered everything. Yeah, Coach. Yeah, Coach Miller pretty much articulated everything that we pretty much wanted to know in reference to yeah. Ryan Hart Eagles going forward. And we appreciate that. Let's try to sell my program, man. Try to sell our kids. Yeah, because for, for these two weeks, Coach, uh, it's kind of it, you're the only game in town in terms of Georgia Georgia yeah, college we, football. Uh, Reinhardt, and we I got mean, Kennesaw. Coming up. Yeah, signing so, day's coming up too. Oh, that's that's another thing I wanted up. to ask you, Coach. Um, because of this, this is real quick. Because of this, you signed 16 players during the early uh, signing period last December. Are any one of those? Are they? Have they? they are any one of those? Did they graduate early? Are they? Are they in no. with your squad, or are they still going to wait? No, they're all still in high school. Okay. So we signed 16, and then we're getting ready to sign another 14. No, 15. Mm-hmm. No, another 16 right now or on Wednesday and we'll probably we'll probably end up that class our class is probably going to be around 50 guys okay so yeah the, this this camp I mean we've done, been doing camp official visits I mean it's been it's it's been nonstop right so we- uh, it's been it's been crazy, and we get and, and we get to play Faulkner again. We get Faulkner back on the schedule for for. We do. We play Faulkner second, uh, second game of the year. Yeah, they, they're uh, they're coming to us. I think we had to change that time. That time is actually at four p.m. now. Four p.m. Okay, yeah, because we had because the website had it at one, so it's now a four p.m. Yes. start. It just got changed on Thursday. Okay. So that that game will be at four p.m. at our place. Okay. Um, that will be our home opener. And we have lights now. We do have lights. All right. We do have lights. So 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 that's good. We uh, we're excited, man. He's just excited to get this thing rolling. Yeah. Got their you know got their recruiting class coming in. 
on Wednesday. Got our first game on Saturday. Hopefully the rain will hold off. I think rain's scheduled right now, but uh, hopefully that will. Either way, if it's raining or whatever, as long as it's as it. long as it stays in the fifties, because usually yeah. usually we sweat and then we freeze. This year we're gonna do, we're gonna do it opposite. We're gonna freeze, then we're gonna sweat. So exactly. so hopefully hopefully we can get some good games with some good weather and early on, at least for this February part of the season. So, all right, coach, we'll see you in six days. Hopefully, knock on linoleum, cross your fingers as Reinhardt will will visit the Point Skyhawks and then back six seven days later at Ken White Field in Willowska at four p.m. to Faulkner because that should be a great that should be a great matchup. So uh, hopefully we can get a lot yes, of coverage sir. for it. Hopefully we can get a lot of coverage for it. All right, thanks so much, coach. Appreciate it. Uh, you Appreciate have, you, you have a good you Thanks, have a good guys. rest of the day. We'll see you on we'll see you on Saturday. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. That was head coach James Miller joining us here on the last three guys to a podcast uh, with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. Guys, uh, another thing I, I know I talked a little bit about Otis Odom um, when we started our running back conversation. That's because a lot of their main offensive weapons, besides Billy Hall, have graduated. Their top the Reinhardt's top three players aside from Billy Hall in terms of offensive production Trevay Kane, Montrelius Mosley, McCollum Lanier, they have all graduated they've all moved on so when you get to the running game it's going to be Otis Odom and we'll see if uh, Bryce Burgess and Nick Harris and Ahmad, Bar- Ahmad Barron as well can uh, kind of pick up the slack and be the guys now in that wing T offense Yeah it's going to be interesting to see guys on um uh, will Coach Miller play Otis Odom a lot more in the backfield, or will he keep him as a special teams guy? Uh-huh. I can't wait to see how that's going to look as well. And I know, and I know, I speak for Leon when I say this: the maturation process of Billy Hall. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are, are they going to put a lot of the games on his hands, and how is he going to react to it? We've seen him last two or three seasons, uh, and I think he's uh, come out to be. Uh, a pretty good quarterback, and I think he's going to do very well for this Reinhardt team this year. And also on the receiving end, he's going to, again, re- receptions aren't very important in the offense, and usually some running backs will get it coming out of the wing tee. But in terms of pure receivers, Navari Solomon, he's gone as well. Quant Williams gone as well, too. So he's relying on freshman slot receivers this year. And that is going to be, we're, we're going to have to see, especially in that point game, high percentage passes, at least till, at least till Billy Hall and those receivers get on the same page. Now, Point has never beaten Reinhardt. They've never even come close. They, Reinhardt's got a 5-0 and lead against the Skyhawks, and it's just that that following game against Faulkner, that will be an, that will be a, an interesting game because those two teams have put some really good games up in the mid to, in the, uh, during Reinhardt's career. Reinhardt's, uh, career. So, yeah, so that, that's what we're going to have to look at in terms of the wide receivers, whether or not those freshmen can, can get acclimated. Uh, and um, be interesting to see. I believe one of Dylan Kelly was – no, that was, the, um, that, was the, that was one of the running backs who, who were coming in. Uh, Javarcier Meadows, that's it from Macon. He's at a Howard High School down there in Macon. And the other one, I believe, well, Cody Blakeney. No, that's not – he was um, – Referring to, let me f- see if I can get that here. 
Uh, oh yeah, Terrence Roberts. That's right. The uh, from he's actually out of Ridgeland High School, which is in the northwest corner of Georgia, but he lists Chattanooga, Tennessee, as his hometown. And I'm seeing a lot more uh, out of Georgia. Not usually he coach uh, Coach Miller recruits exclusively from Georgia, but now, you know we're seeing a lot of other states kind of pop up now. Um, the transfer from Dylan Kelly. He came from Pearl, Mississippi, Holmes Community College, Jackson area. So we're we're seeing a lot of that. All right, so yeah, I've seen, I think from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, yeah, as well, yeah, Chattanooga, Ridgeland, yes. All right, well, let's get to the big NFL news, and I'm not talking about the Super Bowl, although that will be next week. Uh, I'm talking about the trade that happened late last night, the trade that sent Matthew Stafford from the Lions to the Rams in exchange for uh, Jared Goff. Uh, your opinions on that deal? Um, I believe the writing was on the wall for Jared Goff. I believe that um, one of one of Jared Goff's teammates, you know, in in response to of the melee that's going on in Houston right now, actually invited Deshaun Watson, you know, VIA social media to come and play for the Rams mm-hmm. while Jared Goff was the quarterback. So I'm like, yeah, Jared Goff is not coming back next year. Right. Based on that, when when his own teammates are kind of like putting him out there like that, you know, like hey, you, you guys could have him. Um, I don't. I think it was a pretty much an even trade, you know. Um, Jared Goff, you know, Jared Goff, you know, he's he's actually had a little more success than Matthew Stafford, even though Matthew Stafford is a twelve-year veteran in the league, but. You know, Matthew Stafford, for the most part, is a quarterback. And, I'm, and I believe that we kind of um, grazed this subject about um, close to a month ago, John, mm-hmm. where, you know, I was kind of like, I was kind of low on Matthew Stafford. I'm like, you know, he's mainly, he's, he's all stats and no wins. Right. You know, they call him Matthew Packer. You know I mean? Stat Packer. You know, he did, you know, all stats, no wins, very low success rate in the NFL. I believe he's only in 12 years, maybe... Maybe two playoff appearances. Yep, both losses. And he's had, right, and he's had, you know, great wide receivers. We're talking about the Golden Tapes. We're talking about Calvin Johnson, who is it's, um, rumored that he actually retired because he just wanted to get away from the Lions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, like, you it. know, it was, yeah, he pretty much played a Barry Sanders. He had some years left in him, but the Lions weren't trying to let him go. He just got tired of losing. Right. So, this is a real serious crossroads for Matthew Stafford. It's in the real serious crossroads, you know. Right. Um, I'm, I'm what you know. He's, this can either be a new beginning for him, mm-hmm. or this could be his last time really being a starter NFL quarterback in his league. Well, We've seen. Um, he is in his mid thirty. He is in his mid thirties, the lower end to the mid thirties, just entering mid thirties, thirty three. So he's got a couple of good years left in him. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with Matt Ryan, who are who are a little older than he is. But so he's got maybe two. He's got maybe two, three good years left. And we know that the Rams can yeah. can put some things around him to get him what he to get him what he needs. And that's what we're going to find out because, you know, when you look at the difference between, um, and I would say Matt Ryan and, and Aaron Rodgers, 
Both both quarterbacks are former league MVPs. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is not. Well, again, that's you know, yeah. Matt Ryan, I mean, you know, Jared Goff he, and Matt he, Jared yeah. Goff, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. They've all been to Super Bowls. And Matt Stafford, right. Matthew Stafford hasn't even sniffed one. And again, that's because that's because of the Lions. Because the Lions are the Lions are right. the, the Lions are the Lions. You know, they it, whether they seem to have they seem to have the talent. I mean, they you know they seem to have the talent. Just for whatever reason, they can't put it together. And they're trying every coach right. they can find to try and get that get that chemistry together to win football games, and it just hasn't resulted for them. Well, you're right. making the point. So, yeah, um, it's, it's simple. Jared Goff probably got the low end of the stick here. He's going to a team that, you know, they still look like they're in rebuilding mode. They, they just haven't quite gotten over that threshold yet. They've been the and they've been the low end of mediocre. You know that that right. low end that six and eleven that six and six and ten five and eleven. They always pick anywhere from they're not going to get the number one pick except that one year where they went zero and sixteen. Um, but they're they're always kind of like in that in that draft area from like six to seven to thirteen. Somewhere in there, they're not really bottom feeders. They're just, you know, but they're always going to be third and fourth in in that division. Right. It's like the the Detroit Lions are the Minnesota Timberwolves of football. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you when you look at the Rams, yeah, they were a playoff team this year. But look at look at what Matthew Stafford has around him. Now he has to prove that you know maybe it wasn't him. And it couldn't have been him. I mean, this guy's put up you know this guy's put up Hall of Fame as numbers. Like I mean, he, it's not like he don't have the numbers to back it up. He just didn't have the team to do it. You know. Right. And when you, when you look at where he. Now this is going to be his test if he can get over to that next level and help a team out uh, winning with the winning pedigree. Uh, when you have perhaps who I think is the best defensive player in football and maybe the best defensive player I've ever seen in, in, in football in Aaron Donald, you have him. You have Jalen Ramsey, uh, one of the premier cornerbacks in football today. You have an offense that... It's actually pretty good when Cooper Cup is healthy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's an elite receiver. You have Cam Akers, who can who actually had a great rookie hit this year. I thought he, he ran the ball successfully well. So when you have that pedigree and you have a decent offensive line, there's really no excuse right now for Matthew Stafford. I mean, he and, and what they can do in the draft. Well, they actually gave up. Um, they gave up picks in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. I'm done. Yeah. Matthew Stafford is either going to become Andy Dalton or Philip Rivers. Mm. Uh-huh. 
Oh, yeah, because, you know, if you look at Andy Dalton, got a second lease on life. He had a chance, you know, if you look at the, the way the Dallas Cowboys were constructed, would you say the Dallas Cowboys were constructed um, better than the Cincinnati Bengals? I think they were. Yeah. No, I, think, a, I think that, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well, they got the, well, now they got their franchise quarter, now they got their franchise quarterback that they can build around. And they just weren't able right. to do that with but, Dalton. Well, I, I think a lot of Dalton's problem was Marvin Lewis, personally. I think that was most of his problems. Right. But he got a chance to, you know, pretty much get a new lease on life in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dak was hurt. He had opportunity to pretty much, if he had led, I mean, it went as wrong as it possibly go for Eddie Dalton this year. I mean, he's in the most future division in NFL history. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's an understatement. No, no, it's not. Not at all, no. And yet, and, you know, my, you know um, Andy Dalton comes from, you know, even though when he was with Marvin Lewis and the Bengals, they were a playoff team. And it was, and when, when Jerry Jones made the step to get, and this is not about Andy Dalton, this is still, we're, we're still staying focused on Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. I just, I'm just trying to, you know, bridge the two. In reference to those two, um, Andy Dalton, it was, it was a lot of noise being made when Andy when when Andy Dalton was tapped by Jerry Jones to come play quarterback for the um, for the Dallas Cowboys. People were like, wow, this is a very big um, shot at that. Yes. Well, that got hurt, and Andy Dalton got the keys. Mm-hmm. And the Dallas Cowboys were a very well built machine. You know, they had um, they, they 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 got the wide receivers, they had the running backs. You know, they were pretty much ready to go, and yet and still. With Andy Dalton at the helm, the Dallas Cowboys crashed and burned, which kind of confirmed everything that everybody was saying about Andy Dalton, about him being kind of like a mediocre quarterback. Now, what does that have to do with Matthew Stafford? It's, 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 it's a stinker swing time for Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, you know, are saying that he's just, all he is a, is a stat packer. You know, he's, um, and to John's point, John's like, hey, he just never really had you know, the correct management, the right people around him, etc. Great quarterback, though. Daniel stated that he's put up Hall of Fame numbers. Okay. So he has a certain type of pedigree that he's bringing from Detroit. You know, the same thing in reference to Philip Rivers. You know, I was, you know, Philip Rivers, I thought I was concerned for the Rivers. I mean, he crashed my team. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there blaming Philip Rivers for a lot of our lack of success. Then he just goes off and proves me completely wrong by going to Indianapolis and proving that if you put the right pieces around Phil Rivers, that he could do what? Lead your team to the division title and make them a title competitor. He proves his point and retires, mm-hmm. which was a good note to retire on. So this is Matthew Stafford's time right now to go off and be like, hey, I'm actually a good quarterback. I was just in the wrong, I was just a victim of circumstance. Right. Right. So, you know, and then Jared Goff, I, oof. man, it's like they're sitting, it's like they just sent Jared Goff to Siberia. All right, good. So, you know, that's my take on that. Yeah. And also, uh, while we're doing takes on quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, he wants out of Houston. He has become the latest 
player to desert Houston after uh, James Harden and all those guys. But Doshan has deleted any reference to the Texans from his social media account, so w- that means we know he's serious. Um, do you think Deshaun gets out? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it, it depends. I mean, Houston wants Houston wants the house for Deshaun Watson, which yes. means that they're not willing to let him go. Right. And you know, and, and it doesn't matter because they did hire a, a new head coach. Um, uh, he came from the Ravens. Cully, and he's actually um, the Texans did. They just hired their new head coach. Yeah, Cully, I think is his name. Raven. What's his name? I think his name is Cully. C U L L E Y. Cully, it is. it is, it is, and he's he's been an assistant for I believe twenty seven years now. Something he's like that. Yep. Head coaching job. So, but I think that even if and and even if they were to get Eric the enemy, who by the way I think it's just a, an outright shame that and 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 I hope that it was because it was his decision. And I hope it's because it no he, yeah, it's, it's I think the it, as one of you mentioned uh, that he, they they think that he is week. the heir apparent to Andy Reid. Exactly, I and said ho- that I last hope, week. And yep, I said you that. did, and I hope I hope you're right. I really do. Yeah. It was no reason for him to not be skipped over a head coaching job this year, and I hope that he actually pulled back mm-hmm. for whatever reasons he pulled back, that he was in control of that, and that maybe he's looking, you know, he's going to just keep his eyes open. I hope that was the case, and that it wasn't because you thought he wasn't qualified enough right. after he's taken the Kansas City Chiefs to three straight AFC championship games and two straight Super Bowls. It, you know, so that's that's how I feel about that. But I think even if maybe that that would have kept Deshaun Watson there, but it's it's upper management. It's the GM on up, and he just just does not like the direction that he feels that this team is going in. And and I think that he he just feels like because of the loss of you took away. Not just his best receiver, but you took away one of the best receivers in football. Yeah. If not, then a lot of people have regarded him as the best receiver in football and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And a superstar like that, who, by the way, won the passing title this past season, who had 30-plus touchdowns to only six interceptions this year, and you treat him the way you do, I don't blame him. No. And, and, I, I don't, and I don't blame him for not wanting to play. And he may he may sit out this season. If if Houston doesn't trade him or find a way to release him or whatever they have to do, well, they have to he'll sit out. Yeah, they have to they have to do something with him. Uh, they have to they, do something, yeah. right? And I and I'm really surprised that when Houston got the new GM, because remember Bill O'Brien was the GM and the head coach, so they had to replace him first, and they did that. Uh, I'm surprised he did set da- at least sit down with. Deshaun and discuss where he wanted to go or if he did he didn't mention with the you know he didn't mention he didn't mention it or he didn't mention you know I'm not going to go with Eric Bieniemy it just seems like Deshaun was uh was blindsided by the fact that they didn't go that they didn't even talk to this person and it also seems like that Houston is just going out of its way to really antagonize 
antagonize. You pay your quarterback $39 million, you know, you give him his money, and then you go out of your way to antagonize him. And I don't know if it's just something in the water at Houston, because, you know, I think this is kind of James. I mean, I'm making the comment or the comparison with James Harden. I know I'm comparing apples and oranges, but I just think it's weird that uh, for Houston, out of your three main franchises, the face of the franchise for two of them wants to leave. And with Harden, he pouted his way out. And still, I mean, still nothing is nothing is set in stone with the Astros either. I mean, they the Astros have still annoyed the entire league, and that's a that's a wound that hasn't festered. That's still festering. So if you want to talk about really the worst market for pro sports right now, it's got to be Houston. And you know what you mentioned? You mentioned the Astros, and you mentioned the Rockets. I mean, I'm not the Astros. I'm sorry, but mentioning the Astros. They lost one of their best hitters, one of their best players, right? In, in George Springer. That's right. Springer went to Toronto. He went to Toronto. That's right. Yeah, he went to the Blue Jays this year, and and I think a lot of questions surrounding that move was why Toronto. <laughs> you know, and, and and I can see why. I mean, Toronto's got a pretty decent core over there. They got a pretty good team yep. that he can build around. And I and you know, and maybe it was because of, and remember the Astros. I mean, it's obvious. You know the the uh, situations that they were going through as far as the scandal is concerned. Uh-huh. But, I mean, yeah, John, you're right. This seems like this is just really a dark cloud <laughs> in the sports world over the city of Houston right now. It it, it definitely does. It, defi- it definitely does. All right. Um, well, let's now talk about the uh, Super Bowl next week. It's going to be the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, which we kind of uh, all thought when we were watching the Chiefs come back. It's like they just let Buffalo kind of, you know, get a quarter. Okay, fine, you're ahead now. Patrick Mahomes showed off why he's Patrick Mahomes. And you've got the old gun, Tom Brady, against Patrick Mahomes in this Super Bowl. It's a great storyline. Tampa's hosting it. Tampa's going to be the home team, there, although they said they're going to wear white because I think they have a better record in postseason when, they're, when they have the white jerseys on. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great – I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I just want to hear what uh, – I know we kind of t- we talked about it a little bit last week. Just kind of interested to see if you guys had any uh, new thoughts about it in the intervening seven days that we've been, that we've been uh, discussing things. Well, I know we're going to make our picks, you know, probably next week before the game starts. Right. Um, you know, when you go back and you look at this season and you look at these two teams, you start with Kansas City. I, I think with the Chiefs, you kind of expected them to, to just do what they to do what they do and they'll take care of business as usual. There were times where it just seemed like they were a little bored to play football and they were ready to play a playoff game. Yeah. Um, to me, last week, was one of I think it could have been the best game um, of the season. Their second best game probably was against Tampa Bay in Week Twelve. So you know you can argue that. So they played their two best games against meaningful opponents and meaningful games. So this is why the Chiefs are so dangerous. But here's something else that's even more dangerous that could be just as dangerous as Kansas City. Uh, Tom Tom Brady and he's at home. So, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. And, yeah, they're going to – I think they're going to allow 75,000, I think it was. Yep, they're, they're, they're going to have a, a little, bit of, st- little bit of people in, yes. Those, yeah, um, 7,500 of them, I believe, will be first responders. So, 
when you when you take a look at that, I mean, it's just so much of a dynamic. Um, when you take a look at it, these two teams actually even each other out. I mean, from from top to bottom when you when you look at it, and I'm I'm looking for a terrific football game. And, you know, I'll make my prediction next Sunday. Okay. Um, when we come back on live, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with this one. This is going to be a good one. Okay. Uh, Leon, what do yeah, you? Yeah, I, I don't. On paper, there's no way it is. I mean, granted, the Buccaneers have the advantage, have literally home field advantage, which is something we've but never seen on before. On paper, there is. Yeah, yeah, we've never seen this before. The Chiefs are younger, they're faster. I think the Chiefs are the sexy pick to win the Super Bowl. I didn't pick them last year. Um, I believe that you know, you know, I like, I like, I like getting, I like jump, I like jumping to conclusions. You know, <laughs> if the Chiefs can beat the Buccaneers this year, which I believe they will, they're three beat. They, 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 they could three beat. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Though they're the they're the obvious class of the 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 obvious class of the AFC, and they will be for quite some mm-hmm. time. I mean, yeah, no one else yeah, is even close. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, I, I thought that the I thought the Seahawks would be able to win back to back Super Bowls. You know, when it was their time, right? Um. You know, and they were uh, a miracle play away from doing it. They were really a bad call away from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that the Chiefs, I believe the Chiefs will win. And I'm just going to make my pick ahead of time. Um, I believe the Chiefs will win this one. I believe they can win. I think the only way that the Buccaneers possibly win is if um, – because, I mean, Tom Brady has, like, the best luck in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's like the, the opposite, the, the coach on the opposing end is, I don't know if he's a, like, Pete Carroll was like, he just, I, I don't understand that. And but in the Atlanta situation, I, I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, let's, let's hope that Andy Reid um, has some type of understanding of the game of football. <laughs> Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and he just doesn't forget how to coach, you know, when um, in, in a Super Bowl. And I believe that um, the Chiefs, you know, I, I believe that the, the Buccaneers defense is not remotely good enough to stop whatever Patrick Mahomes and company is bringing it to the table. I'm sorry. You know, they're, they're, we're talking about Sammy Watkins. We're talking about Tyree Hill. You know, that's just, that's a lot to deal with. All game. Yeah. And granted, the, the Buccaneers are no stops either. You know, they're, they're coming with Mike Evans. They're coming with um, Gronk. Um, lots of experience with, with Gronk and Brady. And they're coming with the wild card that is Antonio Brown. So, you know, they're no stops either. But I believe when it's all said and done that um, I'm going to be making another phone call to my uncles, congratulating them, who both of them are. I have two of my mother's brothers who live in Kansas City. And my uncle is an old school Chiefs fan. He was actually around. He was 23 years old 
when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1969. And say he took the day off then, and he took the day off last year when it did. So I believe I'll be making another phone call. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, we are the last three guys to do a podcast. We're winding down uh, our episode for this particular Sunday. Again, we'll be with you next Sunday. We'll be wrapping with that episode. We'll be wrapping up uh, Reinhardt's season opener against the Point Skyhawks. Again, you can hear us in action at Valley uh, Stadium of the of Valley High School. That's going to be a twelve o'clock start, a noon start out there in Valley, so we'll be on the air. I think we're, we'll have, we'll start our pregame probably around 11.45 on that one. We'll have a coach, well, again, we'll have a conversation with Coach Miller, and we'll be breaking down the Skyhawks and the Eagles. Again, they, Reinhardt, this will be the sixth meeting between the two, and Reinhardt has a record of 5-0. and oh. And then we'll be back in Waleska the uh, following week, February 13th. That's a 4 p.m. start, uh, 3.30 will be our pregame show for that one. So I hope all of you can listen to it or at least come on out. Again, that will be the only college football game in the state of Georgia on February 13th. Mercer and Kennesaw State, they will also play spring football games that count, but they don't get underway until later on in February. So for the next two weeks, if you want to talk college football, Reinhardt is the one to discuss it. Well, guys, uh, we have very little time left, but I want to ask Leon one more thing. I want to ask Leon to uh, just talk about his Lakers. I mean, how are they? What are, What do you think about them? They are starting an East Coast swing. They have a seven-game road trip. They uh, lost to Philadelphia. I saw, most, saw some of that game a few nights ago. So, um, But so far, the Lakers are clearly the class of the NBA. What do you expect out of this road trip? Um, I like I like what we did against the Boston Celtics. You know, we um we laid a bit of an egg against Detroit, but we had no AD. I believe he had the night off. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of Marcus Allen, and I think he has to go. He's not produ- he's, he's not he's not producing enough for me. I, I'm not feeling that. I believe. That even though um, this, the, the the player that we have, I mean that that, that we should pursue, both of them play for Cleveland, and I don't think that Cleveland's going to be doing is going to do um, anything that has to do with LeBron James any favors. Yeah, but I believe that the Lakers need to make a play for Andre Drummond. You have a play, you have two players right now. Mm-hmm. That um, made that you have one already with James Harden made a that made a huge impact and possibly shifted the balance of power in the East and the Nets favor by far as if they weren't already in favor already. But right now we have another Bradley Beal who's a marquee player in this league, NBA, who's leading the league currently in scoring, who is pretty much unhappy with with what's going on in Washington. And people are speculating that he can go to the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one at all. I mean, just James Harden was already enough. Yeah. Speculation right now, but, you know, people speculated James Harden was going to the Nets, and it happened. Right. So, you, you know, the Clippers very well could be in play to get Bradley Bill. And clearly, even middle pocket for the Lakers. 
So um, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that, you know, we can work something out. I'm looking at the type of pieces we're going to have to give up in order to get someone like Andre Drummond. And I believe that that's going to have something to do with Kyle Kuzma and Posse Montrez Harold or Kyle Kuzma. It's going to be Kyle Kuzma. It's going to be Kyle Kuzma and maybe Marcus Hall mm-hmm. or Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harold. Right. So you, you're, not a, you're not a fan of, oh, you're a fan of Montrez Harold, though, right? Well, at least not. I mean, I like Montrez Harold, but he's not that strong of a defender. And defense wins championships. That was that was the Lakers' home. That was the Lakers' calling call last year. It was just defense. He just stopped everybody. Nobody was really dealing with us from that point of view. And AD is actually in line to become defense player of the year, but he doesn't have that dog next to him. Like with the eight, like, like last year. He was surrounded by Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. That just made AD look even better. Well, the Lakers did some genius stuff and got rid of those two, which made no sense. In replacement of Marcus Sorrell and Montrez Hill, I mean, Marcus Sorrell, I I like him as a player, but he's slow. He's slow. For for what the Lakers are trying to accomplish, I mean, I understand he can shoot the ball and everything like that, but we have enough shooters. For the Lakers trying to get accomplished, we're going to need like a real major defensive presence. And, you know, I, I believe that Andre Drummond can provide that. And I'm not the only one who believes that. If I, I don't get paid millions of dollars. I'm pretty sure that the front office looking at that, too. Like, yo, um, and, and the only thing about it is Montrez, I mean, not Montrez, Andre Drummond which I don't think they're going to get rid of Montreal's Herald. I don't believe so. But Andre Drummond will be a free agent next year. So that will be a bit of a risk to acquire him and pretty much to mortgage the future on him. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're, well Leon, uh, Daniel, we're going to have to leave it there. Again, uh, we'll be back in seven days. This episode will rebroadcast on Tuesday on iTunes and SoundCloud, Spotify as well, Pocket Cast, Breaker, all those other platforms. And again, in seven days, we'll be uh, back recapping Reinhardt's Game with Point. And again, you can catch Reinhardt's Game with Point this coming Saturday, 12 o'clock kickoff. Go to ReinhardtEagles.com for all the broadcast information. Looking forward to finally, after 15 long months, getting ready to call some football. Looking forward to that. It's been a long time in coming. The only good the only good thing is we're going to call games for about two months because it's an eight-game schedule, barring playoffs. Wait a couple of months and then get back to it in August. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, looking forward to it, looking forward to everything, and, uh, and it can't come soon enough. All right, so thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you in seven days. I'm John Morgo for Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. This has been The Last Three Guys to Do a Podcast.